0: Wolf and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thought 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 Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Hour two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke on a Friday morning. No Kevin Durant tonight. He could play Sunday. The next time we do the show, he may have played his first game as a son. Boy, yeah. I'm hoping for that. Yeah. About a Monday after KD
1: plays his first <laughs> game, that'd be great. KD Monday. We are going to have to sit around and talk about it. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. No, we'd be talking about it has
0: happened. You don't like talking about somebody else talking about something. I just you're talking can't about happening? stand it. It drives me nuts. Hey, did you hear what this guy said about what this girl said about what this dude said? Yeah, yeah, that's,
1: that's fun. How about he just plays? <laughs> We've had a lot of that, haven't you? Your life. <laughs> Just watch Kevin Durant play
0: basketball in the Phoenix Suns. Uh, anyway, Mister Social. We're going back to uh, we're going back to football here because this name is I, I don't know where you come out on this. Wolf. for me, when the season ended. Um, kind of assumed I was watching DeAndre Hopkins play his last game as a member of the Arizona Cardinals. In fact, he didn't even play in the last game. And it's funny because I remember a friend of mine brought this up like around week 10. They were like, yeah, Hopkins is gone. I mean, you have to trade him, right? If you're going to rebuild, he's he's a guy you can trade and get good pieces back. He's gone. And I remember that was like week 10. I was like, come on, really? You're going to trade DeAndre Hopkins? Like, are we all overreacting here? But yeah, by the time the season ended, I was like, okay, yeah, he's he's probably gone. And then uh, Monty Austin forts uh, met with him. And, and those two talked. And here's Monty Austin Forts on Bickley and Murata yesterday discussing that conversation he had with DeAndre Hopkins.
2: Yeah, I had a great talk with D Hop a couple of weeks ago. It was great. You know, I just kind of explained to him what, what my philosophy was, kind of the same things that I've told you. Uh, it was a great conversation. Um, you know, again, like D hop has been a great player in this league for a long time. Uh, I'm excited to work with him. And, you know, I think any roster decisions of that were in the very early stages right now but you know i would say i from afar i've had to compete against um, again not me personally but i've been on teams that have had to compete against d hop and i know what a problem he and and a stress that he puts on defenses um so you know i'm i'm excited to have d hop on the team and really as it goes for whether it pertains to d hop situation or anybody's situation we're gonna we're in the stages of evaluating that um but you know i'm i'm excited that d hop is on the team with me right now
1: Boy, that is uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure that he is. At the same time, I'm sure he's getting an awful lot of phone calls on DeAndre Hopkins right now. Uh, those phone calls right now, D Hop, I think is gone. And the reason why I say that is because a new culture is coming to the Arizona Cardinals. That's number one. I don't know if D Hop is going to fit inside that culture. And number two, the opportunity is there for the Arizona Cardinals. They, I, I promise you, they are getting inundated with phone calls. In regard to DeAndre Hopkins and what it might take to actually acquire DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you were going to trade him, you obviously wouldn't come on Newsweek, Newsmakers Week and be like, yep, yeah, we got right, talk to him. He wants out and we want him out. And it's like, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> let's try and drive his value down as much as we possibly can. This isn't the Houston
1: Texans. <laughs> Just listening to you say that, though, was so good. It made me laugh. Well,
0: because it doesn't mean they're definitely going to trade him, but if you are in. This is where it's tough because I can't even say full-blown rebuild mode because you don't know who the quarterback is at the start of the season. Because I'm sure there's also a part of them that wants to say, okay, (laughs) it makes our job a lot easier if we have DeAndre Hopkins. So you start the season with him, and maybe you're not going to head to the playoffs. You could certainly trade him in the middle of the season. That's the sort of player teams would line up for in the middle of the season too. But we don't even know who's going to be throwing him the ball for the first couple games of the season. And going back to what you said, does he fit the culture you want to try to build? Because DeAndre Hopkins is a star player, and it's not like you don't want star players, but sometimes star players expect different rules or different treatment right can you do that at the
1: beginning if you're a brand new coach okay do you in your little folder over there right now your sound folder luke (laughs) do you actually have a cut from uh jg of course talking to um uh, dj humphries remember that cut you played earlier go ahead and play that one if you've got that one or maybe you want to do it command and control i don't know but was for the
0: culture conversation
1: yeah i I understand that but it applies to what luke just said right right here right? right yeah
3: a huge football character guy so the high football character guys have to lead the other guys right. Right. like it's going to come from me it's got to come from you that's how a mission to your that's right that's, that's right you know what i mean great daily great. actions man
1: this is it. what it's about that's it. that's you it. know Do you see that base it's your best players you got to walk up to your best players you everyone has got to fit the culture you got to walk up to your best players and you got to challenge them to actually go out and model the culture DeAndre Hopkins is is a dog, and he's one of the best players inside that locker room. Oh, my goodness. Do I wish that suddenly D-Hop was going to say, you know what, no, I'm all, I'm all about practicing every practice. I'm going to practice. Yeah, I mean, let's just that's be clear. What I'm, that's that's I'm what anybody's
0: talking about. No, nobody is questioning DeAndre Hopkins' commitment to football or how good he is. It's none yes. of that. It's just if you're going to build a culture, culture where you're, this is going to happen and this is yes. and. and Does DeAndre Hopkins at this point in his career want to say, okay, I've been doing this routine that works for me. I'm one of the best, really all time, the way he plays when he's playing. Is he going to say, I want to change that and I want to start practicing every day because I get what you guys are doing for a team that's not... In line to make the playoffs next year, right. depending when Kyler Murray comes back. But exactly I'm just trying right. to look at it from Hopkins' perspective. Or I can go play for an instant contender like the Chiefs that are going to let me prepare the way I have my entire career, which has worked for me. I mean, yeah. I think that's a real conversation that they probably have already had. And not only that,
1: too, it's they've also talked about, the coaching staff has talked about uh, winning behavior. Winning behavior. I really like this right here. Winning behavior and what winning behavior looks like, what it is. And, you know, I just honestly don't know because D-Hop does have his own beliefs. I really respect the guy. I love the guy because he he is an outlaw. There's no doubt about that. He does it his own way. He marches to his own drum. And he does it very, very well, I might add. But I don't think it's going to fit inside this culture that's going forward. That that winning behavior that is a those are buzzwords that it's not just JG saying it it's Nick Rollis as well and it's Drew Petzing winning behavior what is that define it well they say they're going to show other players what that looks like what it is what it looks like and how they want them to do
0: it. Well, look, and, and I get it, too. If if DeAndre Hopkins is like, you know, look, I, I don't want to change what has been working yeah. for me. I get that because yeah. it is working. He's an outstanding player. But I can, I can see both sides of it, which is why I think that this could still be heading towards a trade because I can absolutely see Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Fort and all these guys being like, okay, we're telling guys they have to model the behavior. Yeah. Practicing and, and, and doing that every day is going to be such a huge part of this, what happens if Hop is like, this doesn't work for me? Yes. And he has a, a 12-year track record or whatever it is of showing that the other way does work, but the second you let him not practice, other guys it's you're over. bringing in are like, oh, okay, you're telling me everybody has to practice, but he doesn't. And this is the reason why. If you
1: tell me that D-Hop is going to continue to prepare himself the way that he does for a
0: football game, he's gone. Well, the other part of this is because you can get a lot back for DeAndre Hopkins, of course, and you're probably the not is there in win now mode. And I'm guessing at this point in his career, Hop wants to be on a team that is in win now mode. But we'll see. I mean i it, i wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it, but it's Hopkins, and he is so different. It wouldn't shock me if he's like, "You know, I like it here, and I like what these guys are about, and yeah, let's do it." It wouldn't shock me. But I, I it, that it wouldn't would shock me. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah, you? it would. Okay. It would shock me. It wouldn't shock me. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't and, be and betting and I, on that. I hope I'm
1: wrong on that because man, I would love that. That would be fantastic. Well, it makes it makes Drew Petzing's he like here
0: we go. Makes Petsing's job a lot easier if he has DeAndre Hopkins to work right. with out of the yes. game. Uh, yes. Just announced, Guns and Roses are heading to Chase Field on October 11th. Tickets are on sale now, but you can win a pair by texting Roses to six twenty six twenty. That's Roses to six twenty six twenty. Welcome to the Jungle, Guns and Roses fans. I think I think those tickets just went on sale like an hour ago, too. Uh, when we come back, will Kevin Durant have a bigger impact on the Suns, or will the Suns have a bigger impact on Kevin Durant? We're going to get a philosophical next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that goes around on the Internet about when he'll be back. We're still in a wait-and-see approach. Wolf and Luke, KD. Countdown, countdown. This
0: is great video. I think it's Bleacher Report. I think it's a. I think it's Bleacher Report on TikTok, but it found its way on Twitter today. Well, I know you're a big TikTok guy, so you probably already saw it. But I, I'm just now seeing. I have there. no idea what you're talking okay. about. TikTok is a thing you put on a phone, not a rotary, but like an actual like. Oh, I, I nuke TikTok with a big grin on my face. Okay, good. That's great. Um, speaking of big grin on your face, there's the video I'm referencing. Is I think it's I think it's the Nets. Uh, yeah, it's this team official. They're interviewing Mikel Bridges, right? Yeah. And Mikel's sitting there and he's got the big smile. And like of He's like, ready for the question, right? And the question was, who was your favorite player growing up? And he just goes, ah, Kevin Durant.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's amazing. Oh, it's so good.
1: So good. It really is. Uh, come home, Mikel.
0: Yeah. At when some point three in time, warriors. come home. Don't Come home, don't son. like Brooklyn too much. It's it's fun for a few years, I'm sure. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, right. Uh, here's Monty Williams as we try to uh, try to make it through these next few days, hours, whatever, until Durant makes his debut with the Suns, and all of a sudden, it uh, and you're not going to forget Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, but it makes it a little bit easier. Hey, we traded these guys to Brooklyn, and Mikael scoring 45 in a game. What's Durant doing? Still getting ready. So it's going to be a little bit easier when he starts uh, playing here's Monty Williams practice yesterday
3: it inspires people to get after it in their own workouts it's, you're not going to find anybody that goes as hard as Kevin um, when he's doing his individual stuff it's it's amazing to watch and um, I think from that standpoint it's it's, it's capable of elevating um, even a competitive gym, and so from that perspective, maybe, but I, I haven't noticed it, but I, I think when you see a guy working like him it can have an effect on everybody. An effect on
1: everybody. Man, that impact. Just honestly, listening to Monty Williams talk about the impact that KD can have. What do you think? What do you think, Luke? Do you think KD's going to have a bigger impact on the Suns? Or do you think the Suns will have a bigger impact on KD?
0: It's, uh, it's a really good question I think actually a listener sent us like a week or two ago. And we just we all kind of agreed to put a pin in it. And then when we have a chance to really get into it, like now, okay. we we'll talk about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Not I to blow you know your cover that, that it was. Yeah. No, I thought that was you. You? No, it was not my question. I should have known it wasn't. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't me. Come on, uh, but so it is a great question because to me, I think right away Durant's going to have a bigger impact on the Suns. But I, I, I do wonder if you get like a year or two into this, you know, is, does Kevin Durant start to settle in and be like, this is this is my my home? Because he is a guy that really doesn't have a home in the NBA. Yeah. Who we talked to when this first happened, they said his home is basically the basketball court. But and that's true. But like if you if you if this were baseball, where you had to pick like what hat you were wearing into to, to Cooperstown, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what what jersey would Kevin Durant? I probably the Warriors because he won a couple titles there. But that's the team everybody rips him the most for playing on because he went to the Warriors and won titles. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think of Kevin Durant and immediately think of oh yeah he's Oklahoma City or oh yeah he's Brooklyn or oh yeah he's 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 Golden State. I think that that could ultimately be the Suns. But to answer your question right away, I think he's going to have a much bigger impact on this team. Yeah, yeah, just.
1: This reminds me of when I was a player as well based on the impact that a great player would have on everybody. Um, just Google Kevin Mack. Do you know who Kevin Mack is? Mack Kevin truck. Tell me his Mack Mack name is Mack, truck. Is Mack truck. Yeah, Of okay. course, Kevin Mack. Great running back for the Cleveland Browns. Ernest Beiner, k Mack. those two guys, great Cleveland Browns teams. Great running back for the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Mack. He was a truck base in our needs. I'll never forget the first time I was there, of course, in 1992. k Mack was hurt. He was not able to play the entire season. And then I, I, I... Leading up to the game, he eventually did play. And of course, he, he he wasn't able to start the season. And then it was Game Six, I believe, of the regular season. And there was K Mac. We were down in Houston playing the then Oilers. It's not as not a even the Texans, fact, okay, right? Yeah. We were down there playing them. And I will tell you right now, he came into the huddle, and I was like, "Whoa, it's K Mac!" There was a timeout on the field. I got up in front of the huddle like I was the quarterback, and I told every one of these guys, "Do was in this huddle do you see who's in here this is coming back let's go we're gonna go we went dogs dogs was when they put me into the game as a fullback we got into an I formation with k mac behind me and i got absolutely stuffed at the point of attack on an ISO. But can I tell you something, Basin Onions? I ran into that dude as hard as I possibly could. It, the, the explosion was absolutely stunning. I didn't move him one inch, but his head went <laughs> all the way back, jacked him up. Why? Because suddenly Kevin Mack was out on the field. And everyone felt exactly the same way. It's, it's amazing the impact that some great players will truly have. And I, Kevin Mack didn't reach the level
0: of prominence that a Kevin Durant has met. All right, so let me play a couple eight and cuts here. Uh, first, I want to play this, though, because we both heard it in the Bickley and Murata promo, and, and I think it's pretty appropriate for right here. This is Al McCoy. So anybody that's like, well, I don't know, is this trade really that big? How big of a deal is it? You guys okay. are really hyping this yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant is he even in his prime. This is Al McCoy who has seen, oh, I don't know, every Suns game ever. Well, there's no question. It would be, have to
2: be number one uh, without uh, any argument from anybody. Uh, some of the others you mentioned, obviously the Barkley trade, uh, uh, the Nets trade, uh, when KJ and that crew came over. But uh, getting uh, the, the top player in the NBA into a Suns uniform would have to, by all mean, number one, definitely number one.
1: Boy, okay, I'm going to trust Al on that one. to
2: take a
0: step back and kind of (laughs) regather the perspective, because we've been talking about when's he going to make his debut for two weeks, Yes, but let's just take a step back, and that's Al McCoy giving us the perspective of, yeah, this is the biggest trade in Suns history, and it's
1: not close. Yes. You know, the impact. Who's going to have a bigger impact? Is it going to be Kevin Durant on the Suns or the Suns on Kevin Durant? I honestly think because of him being the player that he is and the legend, the walking, talking, living legend... That he is, he's going to have a bigger impact on the Suns. And it's not just on the offensive side of the ball, of course. It's the defensive end of the floor that he also is going to excel in. And that's one of the reasons why I think he's going to have the biggest impact. And Monty Williams was talking about that very thing.
3: It's the thing that I, I, I kind of, not laugh at, but I always marvel. You know, you have to be <clears throat> really, really good on the offensive end to be a defensive player like Kevin and nobody talk about it. Um, but it just speaks to how good he is on offense. But he's a really good defender. And the thing that I always watch with him is when he closes out to a smaller guy, a bigger guy, he always has his stick hand up. And he, and he moves his feet and tries to stay in front, and he just competes. I love that right there. I think he's going to have a
1: bigger impact because people are going to watch Kevin Durant play defense in particular. Watch him do it, knowing what a prolific scorer of the basketball he is. And yet, listening to Monty right there and watching KD play defense is what I think is going to impact everyone else around him more.
0: Here's DeAndre Ayton from practice yesterday.
3: It's scary, man, man. You know because I think everybody's competitive level has risen a little bit. You know the atmosphere around the facility has—I don't know—I won't say got intense, but it's definitely a little denser when it comes to handling business. And, you no know, more playing games, or you know, less smiles, more seriousness, and getting a job done.
0: Starting to sound like Melancholy Da.
1: Remember him from last year. <laughs> you nailed it right there, Luke. Less smiles, less smiles. Sounds like a name, doesn't it? Well, it sounds like less smiles. Smiles. Um, sounds like a coach. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, but you know, don't don't just gloss over that, Luke. Is it going on? Is the light shining inside the shed, Da? Ooh, it's just more serious. There's not as many smiles going on. More business-like. Yeah, you know why, D.A.? Because this is a business. You're a mercenary, and this is
0: a business. Never forget that. This is why I believe this, this absolutely could come together for the Suns, because Kevin Durant or not, this was the plan, was for things to ramp up, coming out of the All-Star break, right? 22 games left. Let's start ramping it up. That that quote from DeAndre Ayton is one that I'm sure Monty Williams and Chris Paul would have wanted to have heard at this point in the season anyway. You know what I mean? Less smiles. It's all business. There's no more games now. There's 20 games left in the season, but there's no more games, games. Um, and instead, you have Kevin Durant there to just absolutely reinforce it and drive that point home. Yes,
1: and it's one of the reasons why. You know what? Honestly, it's business, DA. It's business. And that guy's trying to take your business. The guy you're going against is trying to take your business, which is exactly why you hack him. Because he deserves it.
0: This should be the revenge tour that Devin Booker was talking about last year. This should be the revenge tour because two years ago they lost. I get it. It was the finals. You thought you had it. You were up to nothing. Last year you got embarrassed. This should be the revenge tour coming up in the next starting in seven weeks but really i would i would argue starting tonight uh texas your thoughts to the findle text line at 620 620 right now like this response from the 623 fifth starter for the suns will be josh akogi for sure that seems to be uh, gathering some momentum with the uh the fan base so when we had uh ray on earlier you kind of said what we were saying yesterday of akogi you could certainly see him starting but they're probably going to mix that up a little bit depending who they're playing and what uh monty williams wants all right we come back Back to football, not Cardinals though. We'll go big picture. Russell Wilson's sudden departure from Seattle now has a reported explanation, and it's kind of ugly. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You got Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Close to the jukebox,
3: boss, you court, the Safest place to have.
1: Right now, but I'll give you one guess. It makes me think that there's guys walking around with dockers on and khakis. Um, where's the frat house, everybody? And that's what's so funny because this is not at all that. <laughs> what,
0: what is it, now? I can't picture Wolf at a Taking Back Sunday show, can you?
1: I just went to it. No, I can't.
0: Wow. I actually did too because they were opening for somebody else I saw. Different. So,
1: so, how would you characterize them?
0: Not the way Wolf just characterized them. Not
1: at all.
3: Really, yeah. though, like okay.
0: mid, I don't pop know. Like mid 2000s. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably pop punk. Pop punk? Yeah. You don't think that was popular in frat houses?
1: No. Maybe the frat houses you were in—that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what's popular. in Frat okay, houses, yes, that's twice. all right. Um, it's not like we ever went in there and took a keg out and rolled it down the middle of the street. You have
0: that to like was it
3: though.
1: Not me. All right, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I, like it. It so I like it. I like it. They kicked it right there. That feels good. All right, Luke. I know you want to talk. Say something.
0: No, that's really all I wanted to say is I just wanted to. <laughs> it's a football sounding name, Taking Back Sunday. I would have thought that would have been your motto. Of,
1: yeah, it is. It's a little long for a band, though. Taking Back
0: Sunday, right? Well, it can't okay. all be tool. I mean. Four letters. No, three that's, different letters. That's what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, here's a story that I feel like is uh, what's worth talking about, okay? Okay. It's on The Athletic, and it says, uh, Russell Wilson's first year with the Broncos. Too much influence, too few wins, in disorganized disaster. That's a long title. <laughs> uh, yes, that's, it is. That's the title of the story, okay? God, that's,
1: that's not very flattering, is no, it? No,
0: it isn't. But uh, the real story, within this 80,000-word story on The Athletic, is that Russell Wilson apparently asked the Seahawks' ownership to fire Pete Carroll and John Schneider a year ago before he ended up uh, getting dealt to Denver. Okay. Now, he has denied it on Twitter this morning. It wasn't some weird video. It was just a flat-out tweet saying, no, he didn't like write a song about it. Mm. Uh, But it is out there. And (laughs) it's hard for me to look at The Athletic and these reporters, and Mike Sando, I believe, is one of them, yeah, that they were just like, hey, I got an idea, let's make something up today. No. So I'm not saying it's 100% true, maybe they were misled, but something weird was going on in Seattle, and this is another layer to it. Yeah, you know,
1: (sighs) betrayal is one of the dirtiest deeds done dirt cheap, is it not, ladies and gentlemen? ACDC, short name. I can't, seriously, I cannot... um, I've lived it my own life. I think all of us would agree when you assume somebody loves you and is with you and and suddenly they're not. um, Boy, uh, betrayal is definitely the dirtiest deed done dirt cheap. And I think anyone who has experienced that would probably admit that. So... When I hear this, I, I, I don't know who's telling the truth. I have no idea. But I, I do know that um, Russell Wilson is denying that vehemently this morning. And it just doesn't seem that Russ would do that if there wasn't some
0: truth to it. Well, yeah, Um Something was weird there. I mean, even before this story, I mean, I remember watching the Cardinals play that team and watching that team win a Super Bowl and just embarrass Denver in that Super Bowl. And, and they should have won a second Super Bowl over the Patriots. They absolutely should have won that second Super Bowl. Nobody's ever going to convince me otherwise. And thinking, man, this team, as much as I don't like them, they have it locked in. And then more and more players that leave. Don't seem to have the most flattering things to say about Russell Wilson. Now they're not all. Was that Earl Thomas who got hurt in the Cardinals game and yeah. um, made the signal to the yeah <laughs> right sideline as he was being carted that off was, the field. Oh my god, we were all in the press box like, is what he a waving? Great player he was too. By
1: the way, waving. Earl Thomas. Yeah. yeah, he was not waving. You're no, right about not. that. And I think that was directed toward Pete. I think it was. Okay, he made a pretty it his, I, well. I
0: I think it was. I mean, he never. Yeah, it certainly seemed like it. He he.
1: I think he actually said. Think did, did yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did. Yeah, he said that at some point. He really wasn't.
0: He wasn't uh, being passive aggressive. He okay. was flat out just
1: out there. Yes. So maybe that ought to be it right there. Maybe a little ACDC for Russell Wilson when he comes out of the tunnel in Denver.
0: Well, but doesn't it, it seems like a lot of guys on that Seahawks team kind of resented him by the end? And, and I don't know if Man. that was because he was getting special treatment. You're already hearing rumblings of that in in Denver. I mean, how many times have we been talking about this? Not specific to Denver or Seattle or Russell Wilson, but how many times have you and I talked about it, had former or current professional athletes tell us this, Uh, You just hear them say it too, whether they're saying it directly to us or or on another show, that the the best way to lose the locker room is to give one guy special treatment.
1: For me, um, I agree with what you're saying, but the words are so strong from Ross. I I love Pete, and he was a father figure to me, and John... Believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. I'll always have respect for them and love for Seattle. That, that, that is a flat out denial by Russell Wilson right there. And yet I will admit, based on earnings, I have heard the whispers from analysts that I know up in Seattle that felt as though they, um, they knew the truth, and the truth was exactly what's being reported.
0: Yeah, that's the fastest way to... It's not going to lose his legacy. He won a Super Bowl and nearly won a second one. And, but it's the fastest way to, to tarnish it, right? Something Just like bad. this. It yeah. is. It's it's bad, and I hope it isn't true. I, I hope really it, do. I hope it isn't true, and, and he... <laughs> it's hard for me to like the 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 tweet you're talking about, where he says, "I love Pete. He was a father figure to me, and John believed to me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. I always have respect for them and love for Seattle." The problem with Russell Wilson is every time I read a quote from him, I picture him just doing high knees down the middle of of the team plane. (laughs) So it's hard for me to to take you seriously if you're doing high knees as you're
1: tweeting this. Yeah, I know. Um, It is. You know, this is the kind of thing that comes out. It it comes out um, at a later date, of course. It always will. And it's because people are people and that's one of the reasons why we're gonna we're gonna find out from Jay Crowder at some point in time we are we're gonna find out
0: what the what the detail
1: Our mind both the story, went to the exact same place yeah you know, uh, it isn't that awful it, it is awful well but, but
0: the reason my mind went there is because last week Jay Crowder who by the way the suns play on Sunday if you're looking for an extra storyline to that game um the, he flat out said they you know they asked me to not bring it up and I asked them basically to you know to to make the pull its trade off and it took longer than we thought but it got done and i'm gonna respect what they asked me because they respected what i asked them so yes. so maybe we won't ever hear from jay crowder but you know with all due respect to jay and the Suns winning Super Bowls and russell wilson being you know borderline the face of the league for a couple years and spending his entire career on that team until this past season and whispers of already the same stuff happening in denver where I, I know yeah like, i know it's hard for me to just Write this I, off like it's nothing.
1: I, it's so difficult for me as well because I love Russ. I have great respect for him. And I, why does this happen? Why is this happening? Why? I, I couldn't believe it when these guys were telling me some of the things they were telling me up in Seattle. I, I will not tell you because I, I believe it's hearsay. I really do. But <laughs> these guys that I respect up there and they're telling me th- these things that doesn't make Russ look very good. Why is that going on right now? I, I have no idea. Russ, I hope you haven't forgot who you are.
0: It also, in, in the, the athletic story, says the report also uh, indicates Wilson wanted the Seahawks to hire Sean Payton as their head coach if they fired Pete Carroll. Which, now he gets Sean Payton in Denver. So there you go. But it
1: always was, right, Sean? It always was Denver. Yeah.
0: And Russ. <laughs> Uh, to your point, it's it, it would be a little bit easier to write this off if it was just hey you know the Seahawks are kind of bitter a year later. But we were hearing this when he was there. Yeah, you're hearing it in this new place too. Yeah, there's just kind of some, weird, yes. he, he's some always, weirdness. he's always always struck me as a as as a good guy. That's maybe not the best teammate. That's what it's kind of always appeared to be. Uh, when we come back, what is Drew Petzing's plan for Kyler Murray specifically? We'll get into that. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mm-hmm. Open Luke middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. There you go. You're always so right. It's all a big show. It's all about you. you I you know
3: right, welcome back to the
0: show on this uh, Friday almost afternoon
1: all okay, right over there? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, this sounds like the last rejoin we just
0: had. Malone is just messing with you at this okay. point. Okay, all right. This is Taking Back Monday. This is... I get it, now.
1: <laughs> You're so malicious. All right. Malevolent. As Maladjusted. It turns out- how many words do you have to start with? Thus the prefix, mal, which is why we called uh, Keith Millard mal, no,
0: all right, because right. he was brutal on the field. I thought we were getting back to the okay, good. But, yeah, yeah, that's we great. Good. Go ahead. uh so we did this on what Wednesday before the Nick Rollis press conference. We're like, okay, he's going to be asked about Isaiah yeah. Simmons, right? How and he never was, never, never once did Isaiah Simmons' name come up. So yesterday, a little bit more obvious that uh, that
2: Drew Petzing was going to be asked about Kyler Murray, and he was, and he uh, he talked about Kyler Murray. He's been in the building, so I've had a chance to talk to him a lot over the last couple of days. And I got out here, and he's been great. I think he's really attacking the rehab, uh, really excited about what we got going on. So I'm, it's been great to get to know him and. I look Forward to that continuing these next couple days. So, everybody's gotten all caught up in the okay defensive head coach and you know, it's his first year head coach and
0: inexperience around him. And you're doing this and this, you're building this new culture and all these potentially really good things for the Cardinals. But let's go back what six, seven weeks now. What was the biggest question everybody had? How are you going to get through to Kyler Murray? Yeah, it's not just Drew Petzing, but he's at the front of it. Like, this is the guy. If somebody Needs to get through to Kyler Murray. It needs to be Drew Petsing. And this is an extremely pivotal point in Kyler Murray's career going into, what is this now, year five? Coming off an injury. Coming off the worst year of his career, I would guess, at any level. Yeah. And, you know, is he going to come back from the injury and just be a good quarterback who can make some really cool plays sometimes, or is he going to become a winner in this league? Drew Petzing is going to be a huge part of that answer.
1: No, you're right about that, Luke. It really is. He's He's got to make that connection right now. You've heard it said many times before. Anybody that knows a teacher that is out there, they say you've got to reach somebody before you can teach somebody. You got to reach him. You got to make that human connection, whatever that is. And that's what I think Drew Petsing has got to do at some point in time. He's got to reach Kyler Murray. But you know what? It's not just Drew. It's Kyler as well. This is something we've been talking about for a long time. Kyler has got to be willing to say, you know what, I want to be reached because I've got to change what is going on right now. I can't run out the same offense. I can't do that. I've got to go out there. I've got to evolve as a person first. Evolve as a player second. Evolve as a quarterback in the National Football League. and evolve this offense. He's got to embrace that. The fact that he's got to change. He's got to get
0: better. And if he does that, this is going to be a home run. How about the fact, too, that... It's just casually tossed in there that he's been rehabbing out here. I mean, that was a big deal to a lot of people. Want him to rehab with the Cardinals? Yeah. This and when it first when they first had that video with Jonathan Gannon at the start of last week, the the pushback was Ah, he was probably just here because he was at was Drake's party for the Super Bowl the day before. So he's just now it's now we're almost two weeks later and he's still here. So I mean, I don't expect him to spend every second of his offseason in Arizona. But he's been rehabbing here. <laughs> that was a big deal to a lot of people, and now it's not even getting talked about. What else did Drew actually have to say? Any, anything else
2: in regard to the quarterback position, of course. Uh, here's uh, talking about his first impressions of Kyler Murray. The way that he's attacking his rehab and just the, his competitive nature and, and how much winning matters to him is, is really impressive. Um, I think it's, uh, it's been fun to see. It's been fun to be around even in a short time. So uh, it's got me you know, excited to, to see him and coach him He's you know moving forward. Do you have any cuts whatsoever where he's talking about the
1: kind of offense that he might envision seeing Kyler Murray run? Uh, how about the cut in regard to K1 running the ball a little bit more? Do you have that cut? Do you see that cut? Uh, I've got
0: like 50 cuts over here and they're no, not all labeled see, by you. See. This is, <laughs> this is why folders matter, that's, Luke. I tell you this mean? all the time. They're folders very specifically matter. put into the, a, a folder for this segment, Oh, okay. but they're not labeled. <laughs> this is what wolf's gonna call it well
1: i i you know k1 running the ball here let's try
2: this one thoughts on kyler's elusiveness does (laughs) that work for you he was certainly a mobile quarterback and that's one of the things that's that's made him really dangerous to defend i think one of the things you hear us talk about is how do we make things hard on the defense and anytime you can utilize something that a player does well or above average like he does um It's going to create that indecision of, hey, can I really call that defense? Can I take that chance, knowing that if I miss, it could be a big play? Um, So certainly want to continue to see that be a big part of his game. Um, Don't expect that to change. It's been something he's really uh, leaned on his entire career and and had a lot of success with. Hold on for a second.
3: just,
0: Just so people know, you said to set up the cut. Do you have any cuts over there about how they are going to, you know, what they're going to do for Kyler to be in this offensive scheme and maybe run the ball a little bit more? Yeah, that's three. Here's the three cuts I'm looking at. What needs to be done with Kyler for him to improve? <laughs> Thoughts on Kyler's Don't elusiveness? This. Preparing Kyler for offensive scheme. Your failure. And first of I all, I still it. got it right.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, you know, there's a, there's an old saying in um, Don on Wall Street, ladies and gentlemen. There's an old saying. The only thing more powerful than money is the promise of money. Think about that. Let that settle in. Because that's exactly the way you want to approach it with Kyler Murray running the ball. The only thing more powerful than Kyler Murray running the ball is the promise of of Kyler Murray running the ball,
0: definitely going to try this with my bank the next time my credit card bill is due. When they're like, "Hey, we need the money for uh, for February." Well, the only thing more powerful than the money, would yeah, be the promise well, yeah, of the money.
1: And they'd say, "What do you want me to do? What? <laughs> what? What are you? What are you implying? See, that's that's the well, promise. If it works, if somebody comes walking up to you, look, I will give you. I will give you one million dollars." We one million on, dollars? Would you tape, do right? the four days of darkness <laughs> for one million dollars? Well,
0: now that I know you can have light in your four days yeah, of darkness, okay. yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> now that I know no, it's not really darkness. I'm not talking
1: about the Aaron Rodgers oh, darkness. You mean I'm talking about darkness.
0: real darkness.
1: Four days of it. Could I prepare for oh, it? My goodness, no, you can't. I you're going to gonna tell me you wouldn't take one million dollars, I get bored easily. Oh my goodness! You know what? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm sold. No, I would do I'll it. I sit never, there. Hold on. This is still my idea. Well, wait a minute, Alan. No, no, you were dragging your feet. But, if ever but the context
0: that you were bringing it into was the promise of money, not actual money. So, am I going to go sit in the dark for four days? I come out and you're like, what if you did eight days and I gave you two <laughs> money? Are you actually going to give me the money? <laughs> okay, you
1: get my point, though. I think we all understand what I am saying right now. Yes. You want it to be the promise. Oh, you don't think Kyler Murray's going to pull the ball down and run? Oh, he's going to do that from time to time. Right. You want the promise of that because they have to prepare for that and they won't be as aggressive because of that. You you don't want it. You don't want him running the ball. Once again, I've said this many, many times. If you have to have Kyler Murray running the ball for him to be a successful quarterback in the National Football League, we're all in trouble. It's time to run. Not literally. Not literally. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pun intended. It's time to run because that's not going to work. You need him to actually get in an offense that's going to evolve and then let him learn the game all over again. And fall in love with it.
0: Here is Drew Petzing and Jonathan Gannon. They were asked what makes a good quarterback. Which I think we would all agree, Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. Yes. What turns a good quarterback into a great quarterback?
2: Oh wow! If I knew the answer to that, I don't know if I'd be sitting here <laughs> taking this interview. <laughs> I'd be uh, retired by this point. Um, I think it's a great question. It's really hard to answer. Um, and I think you know, it, it's there's so many things that go into being a great player in this league. Uh, physical talent, work. Get- ethic, the people that are around you, your coaches, your teammates, your support staff, uh, it's a really comprehensive effort, and and that margin is really small. Uh, And I think understanding that probably is a big piece of that, and then just being in the right situation
3: with the right people makes a big difference. Let me me follow up on that question. Who who determines that? That's a really good question. I I think I got a pretty good answer. Who determines that?
2: Um, I'd say wins and losses. Correct. Yeah.
3: So what? Where my mind went when you asked the question was good teams. You know, um, and obviously we all can see. I mean, my my seven year old can say, "Hey, God dead. This guy's a really good player. Why? Because they're winning." So you know what I mean. Now, what Drew said is a hundred percent correct, but um, good teams do.
0: There was an element even when the Cardinals were having some success I I would almost I'd rule out the the beginning of two seasons ago here for a second for what I'm about to say because they were playing pretty well as a team but there was an element at times over the last few years even when things were going well where it was like Kyler Murray will bail them out and who's Kyler working with just Cliff you know I know it wasn't just Cliff I mean it was Cam Turner and there's Spencer but it was was, that was kind of what it seemed like right it was Kyler will bail them out and it's just Kyler and Cliff whereas they are painting a picture of everybody's going to work with Kyler And the team's going to be good enough where it's not just win if Kyler can make ridiculous plays in the second half against the Raiders.
1: Can I just say this quickly right here? What makes a great quarterback, to me, he plays great when the stakes are great.
0: That simple. Well, then Kyler was a great college quarterback and isn't there yet in the NFL. I think Kyler would agree with that. He doesn't want a playoff game yet. Uh, Coming up next, we'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.